Godzilla with a claw that launches some assembly required from the Shogun Warrior Collection by Mattel. of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. We are your hosts. Jessica. And I am Chris Eaton. Jessica. How yes. Are you, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. doing okay. I am doing good. I am excited. Con season is kind of starting again. Oh, it's in the so, air. It is in the air. Yep. I just, uh, I spent this last weekend as we record this at the Long Beach Comic Expo myself, so, um, which was fun for a show that kind of used to suck. It doesn't suck anymore. It's actually really they they they. I like to as I explain to people, it's like they were going the way of the Rock when he started doing all those Disney movies and like his 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 stock started dropping and then he's like, no, I got to pull myself out of this. And he did Fast and Furious and then everyone loves him again. So they pulled a Fast and Furious and got out of the rut they're in. And now it's an awesome show. Right, right. Is that the same as Long Beach Comic Con? Yes, it is. Their they well, from I didn't. I've never gone to the expos. I've only gone to the comic cons. And com, the first one, I I was like the the first show was like this is the greatest first show I've ever been to. It was awesome. They had Nintendo and stuff there. And the second show was like all right, this is cool. And then the third show was just like, oh man, you guys are really trying. You know the price they're asking. And um, I know that my cohort George over at the Realmcast went to their first expo and he's just like they're in a tiny little room upstairs at the Long Beach Convention Center and I'm just he's like yes yeah, screw this noise I'm not coming back so a couple of years went by another colleague of ours over at the Realmcast uh, Sergio who does our does the comic book uh, podcast with the comics and chain it's like hey uh, you know my co-host and I want to go it's like so right go ahead Did, you know, we got him in and came back he's like it was actually kind of a cool show, man. So he's like, he, he convinced me to go to the convention. So I went back to the convention in September of this last year. Show turned out to be really awesome. So I'm like, all right, I'll give the expo a try. Knowing full well what Sergio had told me before, I'm like, eh, it's going to be upstairs, tiny room. No, it was the size of their actual, you know, big convention show. Like, it was held in one of the main halls. So it was- wow, that's really yeah, that's really cool. I've been wanting to go to Long Beach, but I went like the first two three years, mm-hmm. and it was really great. And I understand it dwindled a little bit, yeah. But I also haven't been able to keep up because usually I have a family event or something on that weekend. Yeah. Well, so I'm more interested in the fall one mm-hmm. than I was because the spring one I think was like one day only. It's two. And it's now like a two day. So yeah. I think starting maybe this year, this fall or next year, I'm going to start having to. Make sure I start going. Yeah, I, de- I would definitely recommend going. Yeah, to September to the main con because uh, this this show wasn't held in the main portion of the convention center. They moved it over to where uh, Anime Expo, the one year that it was at Long Beach when they were transitioning from Anaheim to L.A., they held it in that room. And actually, I thought it suited the show better because the setup was a lot better, and the room was just as big as the main show. And they actually have a whole lobby to themselves that is, you know, unmolested from anything else on the, on the other side of the convention center. And it backs up right to the arena. So if, for those who've never been to Long Beach, the Long Beach arena has that uh, Wayland mural of all the orcas around it. Because, you know, 
they're on the ocean and stuff, and that's how they like it over there. But it was right, actually, right. It was actually a really awesome show. They actually that show's managed to balance the pop culture aspect of comic conventions and a you know a heavy comic book presence. So it was uh, it was really cool, and they focus heavily on Artist Alley too. Like that's their big that's great. show. Yeah. yeah, that's really great, and those people need to be emphasized a lot. They do, and they were getting a lot of work. I, uh, the few artists that uh, we we uh, through the Realmcast we know personally, like Livio Ramondelli, who works for um, he does all the Transformers stuff for IDW. Like if you see his stuff, you know it like right off the bat. It looks like Drew Strews and Drew Transformers. That's how good this guy's stuff is. He was having a great day, and then uh, another uh, like uh, associate of ours, Joel Gomez. This guy's artwork. He, I talked to him for like ten minutes because he had done a, he had made a Joker print in one of his. Uh, well, it wasn't print; it was a sketch he did. And he put it on Twitter, and this was like back in September. I'm like, dude, you need to make this into a print. He's like, it's a sketch; nobody wants it. And so, lo and behold, when I show up at the show, he has it in card form. I buy it off him. I just like, thank you so much for doing this. I'm just like, how's the show? He's like, the show is awesome, man. Like, I got stuff flying off. I, I can't keep it in stock. I'm like. That's that's a good sign. That is a really good sign. So, they uh, they did they did pretty well. Um, I got to also meet Phil Lamar too, legendary Phil Lamar. That's awesome. I saw that photo on your Facebook. Yes, we had met him. I shouldn't say I met him. I I got to meet him again. But we had met him once when Wizard World came to Anaheim. The one, two years before before WonderCon came in and kicked them out like a squatter on in a, in an apartment building. And uh, so yeah, so Phil Lamar too was just like he 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 humbled me very much because you know as I went up to him, I was going to explain to him something, and he's just like looks at my shirt, he's like hey Realmcast, I remember, yeah I know you guys. I'm like you you remember us? He's like yeah we did that big interview. I'm like I almost wept, I almost cried a tear like the one like the Indian when the guy tosses the cup at the side of the road that single tear that comes down. I almost did that because like Phil Lamar remembers us, like Phil Lamar, it's Marvin, he got shot in the face. Oh man. That you know, he's 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 Samurai Jack. So that uh that that was a that was quite a wonderful weekend. But no, we have WonderCon coming up, Jessica. Yes, we do, we do. Which uh for those who are uninitiated, as Bane would say, uh it is Comic Con Lights. So uh if you can't ever get into Comic Con, WonderCon is a nice uh runner up prize, if you will. Would you say that? Yes, I actually really like WonderCon as well. It's like it gives you a small San Diego Comic Con feel, but still the ability to kind of have intimate time with the different talents, like really talk to them and meet them. Mm-hmm. And the floor is big enough, but not so large where you're huffing and puffing by the time you make it to the other end. Yeah, although I have a theory about it in like another four years, it might be that way. I I, I got a feeling within like by this time next year they might expand to that third hall uh, on that you know on the other side. Because uh, I believe, as of today when we're recording, they sold out, like, their three-day passes. Oh, yes, yes, it's sold out, yep. Yep, so there's that, so, but other than, and then we're rolling into, like, so many other shows, so there's going to be a lot, and of course, there's always some Godzilla stuff, you know, other kaiju stuff always rolled into there. Uh, speaking of Long Beach, I ran into uh, Chris Maori there. He was uh, the idea. Oh, the, yes, wonderful Chris Maori. Wonderful Chris Maori. <laughs> And uh, he was uh, he was there. He had a panel uh, for IDW's Godzilla. I unfortunately did not get to make it because I had a prior engagement. But I talked, you know, we uh, we chatted up because um, we uh, we got to chat up to him personally a couple weeks prior to that, um, while the Delgado stuff was up. 
And uh, so yeah, so we're we're working on. He's going to come on soon. We just it's a matter of uh, getting the timing down with him. But uh, no, he's uh, he was he was quite excited about the show too. So um, oh, I forgot where I was going with this. But Chris Mowry is awesome. That's what you need to know. Um, but uh, f- for uh, those who've been listening for the last two episodes, we want to say thank you. We got uh, a lot of great feedback for the Ricardo Delgado episode. Uh, that was a blast to do. He was a blast to have on. Um, and also, we may have something lined up with him in the next month or two. Um, it's a matter of, uh, you know, getting some time split up, but uh, he uh, he has vested some interest in coming back on, and I think we might have him back on when his new Age of Reptiles books comes out. So we'll have him on chilling that, and he said he's got some more stories about Godzilla we didn't get to yet, so... Definitely, we're gonna have. Uh, I'm gonna. We're, I'm gonna push Mountains to get him back on because he was a delight to talk to. Yes, yes, and Ricard was amazing. He was patient and he answered every question very honestly, and you know he made us definitely feel at ease. Oh, he did, and the fact that he sat there for three and a half hours with us too, just we, as you and I picked his brain, and it's just like at any moment we could be like, okay, I'm done with this. Just like I'm, just, I got, you know. I got this little petite nerd here, and I got this overgrown nerd on the other side, just like constantly like a woodpecker pick, picking away. But no, he was he was very, very nice and humble about it. So I mean, uh, it, you know, if he's listening, thank you, Ricardo, for coming on. Um, I know that this weekend, I'm going to promote this. If um, you're in the greater LA area, he will be um, at a Avatar: The Last Airbender art show. Um, Which is on March 7th. March 7th, and it's opening night. He will be there in person because he has a couple of pieces. Because he, as you mentioned, he worked on the show. Um, yeah. Where's that at, Jessica? It will be in Alhambra, California, and it's at Gallery Nucleus, and it is on Main Street. All right, I'll put that. So it's really wonderful. And it's got free parking, you guys. Ooh. So free best. parking and food everywhere. Yes, they're, they're going to have a big opening night gala, and I believe the creators of the show are going to be there, too. So... Uh, head on out. It's it'll be awesome. Uh, I'll put I'll put a link in the show notes too. But uh, if you want to meet Ricardo and say hey, I loved you know hearing you on the Kaiju Kingdom podcast, that would be awesome too. So just go up there and you know give him a big pat on the back and you know a shake of the hand. And right. Uh, mhm. So any other shameless promoting things I need to do right now before we get into the bulk of the show? Uh, no, I think that's it. <laughs> You're like that's all the shameless that's, promotion oh, yeah. I need this, to do yeah, tonight. <laughs> Just checked it off here on my list. Yeah, pretty much. What did it, what did Chris and Jessica do? Mostly, what did Chris do? So, all right. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like a jackass just rambling on like that. Um, but what we're going to talk about today, big stuff, because while uh, while the Delgado, while the Delgado episodes are going up, something happened in New York, Jessica. What happened? Oh my gosh. Uh, New York Toy Fair. Oh, I'm God. sorry. Toy Fair takes place in New York. Yes. doesn't have the word New York in front of it. Mm-hmm. And it's only open to those in the industry, mm-hmm. press, professionals, and exhibitors. It is not an open for attendee thing. Yeah. Which like, is some, that one and a few others, you know, I would love to go to. And, uh, no, it was really amazing. I was, like, trolling online for, for, like, news on toys and everything. They have all kinds of cute things coming out and also really more... For those who don't like chibi things, <laughs> mm-hmm. there are uh, just you know, regular busts, statues, and everything mm-hmm. is coming out. So I love it because it's mostly pictures with mm-hmm. some, you know, description. You don't get to see prices too much. Oh, yeah. You know, it'll say <laughs> prototype or pending for licensing approval, you know, coming out spring 
or you know fall 2015 or something like that yeah. but it's always a great place to look up new toy news well it is it is the comic con of the toy industry it's it's as you said it's yep. an industry show it's it's like e3 e3 you, if you're in the general public you can't get in that unless you know somebody that can get you in. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, yeah, much like you, it is a dream of mine to get to Toy Fair one day. I would love to just peruse the halls. Um, but there was so much. I mean, as a Marvel nut and DC nut, I mean, how? I mean, just the DC collectible stuff alone, Jessica. How much did you uh, Google over that? Oh my gosh, so much stuff. And they're getting smarter and smarter. Like DC's crossing over with more toy companies, which is kind of what Marvel smartly did for years. Yes. So they're not, you know, they're doing this cute series called, I think it's called Dobbs or Mm -hmm. something. I may have pronounced it wrong, but they look like little peg figures. So they've got a little round head and tiny little body. And they make them in three sizes, regular, small, and adorable miniature. (laughs) And they come in Marvel, DC, and different ones. And then Funko Pops were showing all of their new lines. You know, they'll have Harry Potter ones mm-hmm. and, you know, more Walking Dead ones, and I think that's really great. Which, uh, so, yep. by the way, I, um, Funko's moving into the uh, full-on action figure uh, lines. Um, have you seen their Game of Thrones figures that they made? I did. I did see that, and I think a lot of my Game of Thrones fans will freak out. So they uh, they actually announced their second line for those uh, outside you know the the fandom that like other stuff they're mid they're doing Firefly which I know a lot of people were were you know squeeing over but most importantly to me Jessica they're making a Rocketeer fully articulated figure which uh, yes proudly, yes they are <laughs> proudly sit on top of my mantle I love the Rocketeer it was one of my favorite movies as a kid I love it today for all of its flaws too. But that is, it's also something I've, I've always pondered. It's like, why haven't they done a remake to this? Keep it in the... If Captain America did so damn well, and part of it was because they got the director of the Rocketeer, this could easily be brought back, and they could do it the full justice that uh, Dave Stevens always wanted it to be done. But They did. As, as a child, I was like, oh my gosh. At mm-hmm. the end, I was like, how is he going to get out of this? Yes. And it was like plugging up a hole with gum, I yeah. think. <laughs> exactly. And it, a, a little known fact... Um, what is it? Joe Johnson actually had a huge chase sequence in the middle where I think uh, the Rocketeer was chasing down the Nazi spies through downtown L.A. like in the uh, late 30s. And they had this whole thing mapped out and Disney's like, yeah, we're not going to give you the money for that. So they had to scrap it. That's why in the middle there's just a lot of like talking and not so much Rocketeering. (laughs) (laughs) Which uh, always kind of bugged me as a kid, but when I got older I had learned to appreciate that movie much more on many different levels. But uh, yes. the fact that finally someone's making a fully properly articulated action figure, because I got my little Funko Pop one sitting right here on my desk, and uh, I will be getting the Funko Rocketeer figure because he's only made like 20 bucks, and I'm just like, yes, take my money. Um, yes, it's, it's like a meme of, um, of Fry, Philip J. Fry from Futurama, <laughs> holding money. Shut up and, shut take, up my and money. take my money. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> But uh, on other notes of things that can shut up and take my money, Jessica, there was a bevy of kaiju-related uh, merchandise this year, including yes. a lot of Godzilla, of course. So we're, yes. we're going to kind of break down uh, some of the bigger stuff that was out there, um, go one by one. There was uh, Nika did also announce a few cool new Pacific Rim things, too. So, Heck yeah, they did. Oh, I, I, I know you. I know you're kind of excited over this stuff. So you know, what, let's start with that. Let's start with the Nika stuff first. It's um, they have the chibi 
figures. Is that the one that you were talking yes, about for exactly, Pacific Rim? Exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. See, people who are like, oh, we can't sell to the female market. No, you <laughs> dimwits. You make everything chibi, mm-hmm. and then boom, it's off the shelf. <laughs> I love the passion. Like, you went from like, yeah, into just, did they make everything chibi? We will buy it. Like, you just got real passionate all of a sudden. I love it. Uh, yes, you like people buy it. and like you know Funko. I wouldn't say it's exact. Funko Pops are not exactly chibi. Maybe chibi. It's just you know big heads, you know yeah, little bodies. Very super deformed. It's not just women. I see men also collect them. Mm-hmm. So they are, you know, profitable, marketable to both both genders. I'll, I'll tell you this. So I'll, you know, I mean, come on, chibi, chibi acres. Exactly. I'll tell you this. Literally, three hours before we sat down to record this, I was in Target. And they have a Nika section at the end of the um, at the end of the of the aisles. So on the back end, they put kind of the higher end quality, which blows my mind. But they had Funko's blind box stuff, and they had the um, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So next to the um, what is it, the Walking Dead and the uh, Big Bang Theory blind boxes, there was the sci-fi blind box, which is all like it's just a hodgepodge of sci- sci-fi characters. And nine out of ten are stuff I would definitely collect out of. So I, they're five bucks, which is astounding because you go to any other store, they're ten bucks a pop. I'm just like, I got a credit card, I can buy two of these, and yeah, hey, whatever I get, I'll, there's a good chance I get something I love. Open up the first box, it's a Tron guy, awesome. Open up the second box, the one thing I really wanted more than anything else, I got a Chibi Robocop, and I was just like, freaking score. So. There is a tiny, big-headed RoboCop staring at me with his gun in the air right now as I'm looking. And all of a sudden, I just get this image of you just like, as like a little anime character with just big eyes and hearts coming out of it. Yes, it is. <laughs> and you know, take heed for anybody out there working in the industry. Mm-hmm. Chris is a grown man. He bought it. I bought it. So, so you know, mm-hmm. he figures it is. So, lesson learned here. Jessica has a raging addiction to Chibi. Yes, that thing is freaking awesome. I saw, like, Little Jaeger, so I was like, oh, my God, he's still my heart. And my mother goes, oh, my God, you are, we are screwed for the future. <laughs> I was like, finances. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but no, that is super, super, super exciting. I was like, yes. So, yeah, it looks like they're a whole pack. It looks like you'll get uh, all five figures. And they're Comic-Con exclusives, too, which is the only downside to them. But yes. knowing Nika, Nika usually is a pretty good – if you're at Comic-Con – Nika's usually a pretty good booth to get stuff at. They 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 parcel things out per day, and usually if you don't if you can get within the first two days, you're fine. If you wait till Saturday or Sunday, you're kind of screwed. Um, and uh, these, I got a feeling they're probably not gonna you know you'll probably have a good chance of getting. But you get a um, a tiny little Romeo Blue, you get a tiny axe head, you get a tiny Carloff, uh, uh, you get a tiny and here's here. Oh no, there's another axe head in there too. I for a second there I thought it was Oni Baba. And then you get a, a tiny Horizon Brave. Which I'm No, sure. if only Jessica's screams and rants of uh Oni Baba could be heard. Well, that's the thing though. They've just released Otachi. I literally saw Otachi yes, on the show yep, this week. They have a little they have little Otachi. Yeah, they got baby Otachi coming too, which I thought I th- I think originally was gonna be added into the box. But I don't think they got the molding done in time, so it looks like it's going to be like a separate little thing you can buy to go with regular Tachi. It's even got the umbilical cord tied around the neck, too, which is uh, an adorable little feature. But um, 
I got a feeling because they're now out of Jaegers. They they got Horizon Brave coming out next. Um, they just put out Tactic Ronin, which I bought, and he is awesome. God, I love him so much. Uh, they're out of Jaegers, so they got no more Jaegers, and they've done four Gypsy Dangers now. And I don't think there's any other rendition of Gypsy Danger from the movie that they can do. They got three battle damage Gypsy Dangers, and then they got the two. Like normal gypsies, so they need to do something else. So I think kaijus are the only thing they really got left. So, got a strong feeling Jessica might get her Onibaba sooner than later. Yes, I hope so. <clears throat> so, it, even if he's in six-inch glory of a you know a hard plastic crab monster, I'm pretty sure you'll get him. Uh, the other thing they announced too, well, they kind of announced, but they they made legit right before it. Uh, the next figure in the 18-inch line, which I will own this. Mother of God, will I own this. It's a it's a Striker Eureka, and it looks beautiful. Oh, good lordy. Just, oh, so, so, for Christmas, I got um, Hong Kong Battle uh, Gypsy Danger, the 18-inch one. And yes, yes. It was a, it's a beautiful piece and it's uh, unlike the other one it's got the cannon it's got the plasma arm and comes with the uh, the chainsaw a hand uh, they have an 18 inch knife head out right now which is too expensive for me to buy and then they had a um, Cherno Alpha that just came out this though the Striker Eureka is a work of art and I it, much like Wayne's Wayne and Wayne's World it will be mine oh yes it will be mine I don't care why I have to fork out for this thing because it looks beautiful and the other thing is my other striker Eureka, my little one, the leg broke on it, so it's, oh, no! it's a constant reminder when I look at it because I the ring piece Nika is great in some aspects and they blow in some other in some other aspects. I was following people who it's depending where they send their figures off to get made, they either come back really well or they come back really crappy. And unfortunately, the Pacific Rim line is kind of in between both of those. So, right. the Striker Eureka, which was the one out of the initial line I was looking forward to the most, because that's my favorite design out of all the Jaegers. I got, I had him for a month, and I'm showing him to a friend. As I'm bending the leg, it falls right off. I'm like, oh, you son of a... And so I look, and the, the ring piece that holds the leg joint together had broken. Thankfully, it broke from the bottom down. So if I pose him just right, the top half will hold the leg in place, just standing. The second I pick him up, that leg falls right off. So I just I now I stand like I can't play with you. I can just only look at you, and it's just like I know your damaged goods, but I can't throw you away. So now it's, of course it's, not. No, no, no. It's 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 a depressing scene every time. I'm just like, hey, oh, yeah, you just just stay right there because I got you in the pose where you won't fall down. But this though, this hopefully will replace that and replace the hole that it made the original figure made in my heart. It lights up, Jessica. It lights up. A whole chest and the face lights up. It is fantastic. If it made noises, it'd be even better. Are you about to? Are you about to lose a kidney here to get one of these? I might. I might. I might sell one of my. If my kidneys are not, you know, inflamed from the poor dietary habits that I've, uh, you know, put myself through. But, uh, but yeah. So. Those are the Pacific Rim offerings, at least the big offerings from Nika that uh, they got coming out. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Other things from Nika, Jessica. They have announced uh, several new Godzilla figures. First one, 
which is kind of people saw coming, but it's still kind of cool that they're doing. They are, uh, Nika has this thing where they, um, they do video game variants of the licenses they have, all per, usually based on Nintendo figures. So they started, yeah. they started at Comic-Con, I think, two years ago with a Jason figure that was painted like the Friday the 13th NES game, which was the scariest game I ever played as a kid. Because <laughs> you never knew when Jason was coming up on you to the last second. And then it was just this sprite running across the screen with a knife, just knifing the crap out of you. I'm just like, oh, good God, I got to get out of here. And you're playing it late at night when it's raining. It really adds a creepy factor. So <laughs> uh, they've continued it on ever since. They did a Freddy one. They got uh, a RoboCop one that's out right now. So when they announced Godzilla, of course, there's a very famous Nintendo game called Godzilla Monster Monsters. The question has been made of Nika, will you or won't you? And at Toy Fair, they said we will. So Yes. Yes, they sure did. Yes. It's actually, it looks great. I like it. It does. It's uh, It's got the cool NES painting. It's got the pixelation on it. Now, here's the thing that really impressed me. Because uh, normally, all the figures are just pretty much ver- repaints. That's, you know, that's how they keep costs down, how they can do them. But the important thing is, though, they took the... It looks like the regular Godzilla body, and then they put the 85 head on it, and then they sculpt... It looks like they sculpted brand new spines for it, because in the game, Godzilla's got these huge spines coming out of his back. They're, like, massive. So the 84 figure does not have that. So it looks like they actually did a little retooling, which is awesome. And he comes in an amazing box that looks like the NES box too. And uh, if if it follows the other stuff, it's got you can keep it in the box because it's got a little window you can open up and look inside. Oh, hey, there's Godzilla back on the shelf. So depending on how you like your figures. Right, right. And on top of that, they announced uh, their regular line. Uh, they have a Burning Godzilla, which is just a repaint. Of uh, the eighty, uh, the ninety-four Godzilla, which is usually how it always works, and they got a uh, fifty-four figure coming out, which looks really cool. Um, the head sculpt's phenom- phenomenal on it. The body actually looks really cool. That's the one thing I've loved about the Nika figures so far is that they're not just you know a new head sculpt on the same body. I think they each each figure has been a new sculpt, which really shows nice attention to detail. So kudos to them. Unfortunately, though, they can't ever do any of the monsters because Toho never gave them the license. Because people have been begging for, like, oh, will you do a Gator? Will you do a Jet Jaguar? It's like, yeah, Toho won't let us do that. So we're just going to keep churning out Godzilla's as long as we get the license. Which is a huge bummer because I would love to see, like, an Anguilus figure done through them. So, moving on, we have Bandai Creation. As I, yes, we did, and I saw your post on it. It was hilarious. Yeah, every year they they disappoint me more and more. It's, you know what they're like? They're like that kid you know smart, but he doesn't apply himself at school. And when he brings some of his report cards, like D's and, 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 you know, F's, it's just like, I've seen you do math. I know you could do math, but why aren't you doing it? And you just get that, I don't know, just that smart-assy remark. And you're just like, Apply yourself a little bit. Come on. That's Bandai Creation to me. This is the company that, for the longest time, would never import anything. And then they started importing them. And at first, it was cool. It was awesome. And then they got lazier and lazier. And then years would go by before they got anything new. The last new thing we ever got out of them 
toy wise, which was like their own sculpt, was a King Caesar figure, which sadly sits on the shelves and is and depresses me to no end. Um, then they they have the uh, license for the American movie, which ironically, the one of the few times they actually improved upon the Japanese design. I've gone on about this. Uh, I picked up the Godzilla figure that they put out, which for some reason was cheaper than the normal line. I, I, I'm like, why is this $10 compared to the 15 to everything else? I never got it. But the sculpt on the... Which I'm holding my hand right now and kind of looking at them. The sculpt on the American figure blows the Japanese figure out of the water. It's just one of those things that's just... They did just that a little bit better. That's... It's, again, it's why they infuriate me. It's like, okay, you guys can turn out an awesome product like this, and then you just get lazy and you don't do anything else. Like, uh, don't, don't, don't tease me if you're not going to please me. <laughs> just realized that rhyme, too. <laughs> but, moving on from that, they did have a few new things to promote this year. Uh, first things first, though, every year when Bandai, because Bandai's big thing is they promote Power Rangers. That's, you know, what they got. That's what they have, and that's what they, you know, push out there. Power Rangers. This year, they had a couple new things they're importing. I know um, they had Dorymon. They picked up the Dorymon license. Well, I think the Japanese arm has the Dorymon license, and now the Dorymon's coming over here. I think Nickelodeon. Yes. Is it Cartoon Network or Nick that's airing him? One of the others airing him. Yeah, because my newsfeed is filling up with Dorymon USA stuff, mm -hmm. and they've been heavily promoting him. Like even a mascot inside of Dorymon dancing around at various expos and stuff. Really. Yeah. Wow, because I know he recently beat out Godzilla as like the most recognizable yeah. Japanese yeah. icon. So, um, but yeah, Bandai's putting out a bunch of Dorymon stuff, uh, which I guess they're hoping is like, yeah, this, he's gonna take off like uh, like Garfield. Um, so they were promoting that heavily. They were also promoting these new things that they're doing called uh, spur kits, which look like they're basically the Gundam models. Which if I don't, Jessica, have you ever built a Gundam model? Yes, I sure have. So, uh, explain to the people how the Gundam models work. Well, basically, when you get them, mm. they it's like a kit, and they have all kind of plastic pieces that are in together. Mm -hmm. You need to get a very, very <laughs> special tool to cut the little tabs of plastic mm -hmm. that are between the plastic and the rig, the tray rig that holds them together. And then from there, there's instructions, and then you kind of build one and put them up together. Some people, even though they're colored, some people choose to customize theirs in the color. So you have to be really, really careful because you don't want little pieces of plastic tab coming out. Yes. So it usually involves cutting and some sanding. Yes, yes, and there's cutting and sanding. Yeah. And that, that tool, that, the tool that you use to cut it, they look like little stubby pliers, but they're much sharper. They are not cheap. No, they're not. And when when Bandai first brought them over to America, because they weren't, you could only get those in import shops for the longest time. Yeah. When Gundam yes. Wing hit, and Gundam Fever caught on in America finally, they literally just imported the 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 kits over to Toys R Us. So there was a good six months where I was blowing hundred hundred fifty dollars a week at Toys R Us buying these. I was buying them up. I was like a crack fiend. I was just like, I need every single Gundam Wing kit. I had. Like all the three, 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 one thirty-three, which are the smallest line kits, and I had most of the large kits. And after a while, I'm just like, I can't afford. It was like literally, I was like a disheveled, like 
bum who had just, you know, maxed out on his addiction. I'm just like, I can't, I can't go on anymore. I'm just like, go, go, uh, go on without me, Serpent Custom. I'll get you another day. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The, the, the two I never got, which were the Endless Waltz one, were the Tulgeese 3, which was my absolute favorite design out of all of them, which wasn't even a proper Gundam. And then the uh, Serpent Custom, which was the um, the bad guys' mechs, which I thought was a beautiful kit. But the they're, the beauty is they're, they're models, but they're action figures at the same time. You can move them and pose them, and they actually they're fairly durable, too. So... Bandai's been pushing, hawking these since uh, 99, 2000 in America, and they finally woke up and got the idea. It's like, oh, why don't we license other stuff and do them like this, like they do in Japan? So they got um, they got the Halo license, and they're doing it like that, which I'm like, all right, cool, that works. Even though I don't like Halo, I don't play Halo. Like, I could see that. That works, and they look really cool. They also got the DC license, and they're doing a Batman one, which looks actually really cool and puts a lot of the Mattel stuff to shame. And they're also got a, um, they're going to do one for Joker, for Superman, for Flash as well, too. And, oh, and a Bane one. I see a Bane. But Yes, yes. More importantly, out of their creation line, they had on display a little section, all the crap you could find on store shelves right now, which I'm just like, this has been on the shelves for eight, actually coming on to a year now. So why are you still hawking this? The other thing, though, they actually have two new, as I put in air quotations, new things. They uh, they have the giant 18-inch um, uh, American Godzilla coming out, which actually looks pretty cool. Uh, it's uh, hmm, doesn't look. It looks like it has the articulation of the other 18 inches, which are actually really actually nice figures. There's really you know the closest cheapest thing you can get to a big figure without breaking the bank. And they're importing... I know they put them out in Japan, but they're bringing them over here. I never got them. They're these eggs. They're like transformable eggs. So one is, you know, looks like a Godzilla egg, and it opens up, and it's Godzilla. And then the other one is a Muto, and it's a... It's the lamest Transformer of all time. And I don't... I never got the... the, the appeal of them, but Bandai's like, help, bring them over. We'll, we'll make them. It's like, you couldn't make a proper Muto figure, but this is what we're going to get. I'm like, okay. So, that's what Bandai has to offer this year. The company that's most famously known for Godzilla has these few measly offerings. So, you can hear the bitter resentment in my voice as I'm kind of going over this. How It's actually hilarious, especially when people know it in context and how you feel towards them. Yeah, when I, <laughs> when I saw it that night, I'm just like, I just, I just shook my head. I'm just like, fine, I'll buy one of these things. I'm not going to buy the eggs. I just, I would love that I wouldn't have to spend $25 on an import Muto figure. I'm like, you couldn't at least give me, you know, import that over? Because that's the big thing. You sell a Godzilla. You don't sell anything for him to fight. What are kids going to have him fight? Huh? Adventure Time? It doesn't work that way. Can't fight Jake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So moving on, uh, so I don't get more ranty. Um, Diamond Distribution or Diamond Select, which uh, what some, something Diamond, the de facto company that you get everything comic related through. Um, they're in the uh, action figure game now too, and they actually have. I want to say they're importing the X Plus stuff now, 
but they're actually doing their own thing. So have you seen any of those banks? You know which ones I'm talking about, Jessica? Say that for me one last time. The Godzilla bus banks that are out. Yes, yes. They actually, there is a shot of them. We actually talked about it after our San Diego Comic-Con. We had a podcast after San Diego Comic-Con, and I said at the Diamond booth, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I interrupted an interview that was going on, (laughs) but I snapped a couple of photos because behind the two people, it was like a round kind of a small bar table. There was two gentlemen on either end. They looked like they were having an interview. But behind them is their shelf mm-hmm. of their of their you know toys and figures, and I saw them, so that's why I think we had mentioned it on the podcast. They had a prototype of a bust bank and one of their finished models. And then when I'd spoken to them, they said it hasn't come out yet, mm-hmm. but they're just displaying them for right now, and that they should be coming out soon. So those are the same ones I believe that we see at the toy fair. Oh, okay. Well, now I know. Um. Because yeah, they've right now they they've last year before the movie came out they released the uh, the ninety four Godzilla full size bank so it's the full it's a nice heavy duty figure that's also a piggy bank and then they got the King Ghidorah and the um, Mecha Godzilla bus banks that you can buy right now too looks like they're going back to full body as you just mentioned because now they got three new ones coming out and I know Mecha Godzilla is already on the store shelves I actually saw him at Toys R Us not too long ago. I'm a grown ass man. I spend a lot of time in Toys R Us. It's um, don't no shame, yeah. no shame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no. They uh, they got three new. Well, they're saying three new banks. One of them's out. Mecha, I know for a fact Mecha Godzilla's out. I actually snapped a picture of him. I just didn't have the twenty five bucks to spend on him at the time. He's actually really. The beauty is they got postability. Like they move and stuff. Um, and you can fill them with quarters and other stuff. You know, give them to your kids. Teach them how to save. Teach them the the meaning of a dollar through the power of Godzilla. That's what you could do. <laughs> yes. So they got Mecha Godzilla. They have Fire Rodan, which surprised the hell out of me. I'm just like, wow, hey, that's kind of cool because these things are pretty big. They're like 14 inches. They're uh, they're not dainty little figures. So Fire Rodan looks really cool. The one that just knocked me out of my chair. I can't wait. I much like Striker Eureka. I will own this because it is my absolute all-time favorite Godzilla. They have the '74 Godzilla that goes along with the Mecha Godzilla bank, and he looks beautiful. Oh, Jessica, I'm in love. I cannot wait to get this thing. He's just and it's going to be another body part. It can't be both kidneys. <sighs> Because no, you need, you need one. You need one to survive. You want to survive? Maybe a lung. So. I only need one lung. I might be able to give a lung, <laughs> or maybe a finger. Some people need new fingers. I mean, I mean, one of them, two of them are kind of messed up, but the rest are pretty good. I can give away my ring fingers. Those are those are still good. You know, people need ring fingers, or maybe some toes. I I got plenty of toes. All the toes are still there. They're they're up for sale. But if it gets me this this bank, oh, it will be well worth it. Oh God, I love. I just. He's, it, I only have one 74 Godzilla figure. It was the one that Bandai put out. It was a reissue of the uh, the big memorial box set. And it came with a um, Titanosaurus, which I never understood the love for Titanosaurus. He's a cool-looking uh, creature. I just, I'm like, yeah, he flops around and goes, meow, meow, like that. That's all he does. Um, 
because I'm a, I'm I love the original Mecha Godzilla movie. That's my all one of my all time favorite movies, flat out. It's my all time favorite Godzilla movie, and I love the design of the of, of the suits in that one too. So to have a like 14 inch bank that I can secretly put cash in there that no one will ever know, and it might be a rainy day thing, but as just Godzilla kind of you know guarding it, just I don't know the the little five year old in me is just kind of squealing, and kind of looking, and then takes a step back, and it's like. Man, what have you done to yourself? I think it goes back to squealing. So, that I will definitely buy. And hopefully, I think if the price point at Toys R Us to anything to be seen, they'll probably be about 25 bucks a pop, which actually is not bad considering the size of these figures. Right, right. So, uh, on the other hand, um, X Plus, they got one or two cool things coming out. I know our good friend Mark Hadamio is anticipating this to no end. They have a, uh, they're reissuing, well, I want to say reissuing, they're remaking the Shogun Godzilla figure from the 70s that, that Mattel put out. Uh, for those who do not know, or maybe too young, uh, the, well, I wasn't around in the 70s, so I can only tell you what I've heard say offhandedly, but I had one of these. Shogun Godzilla was part of the Shogun Warriors line, which were a bunch of robots. <coughs> they were all go to guy yes. style robots. So, Mazinger, yep. uh, Grandizer, Guy King, anything go to guy ever made, they licensed. And I believe it was Marvel that licensed them, too. If yes, because they're also in their comics. Yes. So, that was that was a big thing. So that And that's how, ironically, comes back to this, uh, Toei, who had the rights to these characters, licensed Marvel, Toei got the license for Spider-Man, which in turn gave us the Japanese Spider-Man show, which is a brilliant piece of madness, if you haven't seen it. Which, in turn, started the Sentai craze, which led to Power Rangers. So, it all it all comes around to sir. All these back to Godzilla. Much like Kevin Bacon, everything comes back to Godzilla. So, Marvel got the Shogun Warriors. They made a comic. Uh, I think they tweaked the designs from the actual... Um, toys though like they didn't quite use the right you know they weren't quite using Mazinger if my memory recalls it's been a while but they did issue these massive like 18 20 inch plastic figures that had robot punch which is the the arm fires off so Mattel managed to snag Godzilla as part of the line so they had a Godzilla and they had a Rodan or part of it and Godzilla stood toe to toe with Guy King and Mazinger Z, which is just a a Japanese fan's you know massive wet dream come true. It's just like, oh my god, I can have Guy King and Godzilla fight. This is going to be the most epic thing. And they can shoot fists at each other like rock'em sock'em robots. And you know, plastic fists went flying everywhere. You know, they rolled. They were awesome. Unfortunately, when people got older. And as kids, they didn't take care of them. A lot of these figures ended up on the market. No box, no fist. I had one without a fist. It unfortunately broke during the Northridge earthquake in 94. Fell off the shelf, first thing. Face completely smashed in. Got over. Oh, no! It was fine. I was a little heartbroken when it happened. But my dad got it in a tray with a buddy who had an extra one. And he was giving away anyway because he's like, I got one that's complete. I'm cool. Give this to your kid, he'll enjoy it. So mine was missing the fist anyway. Uh, he was a little worse for wear, but, you know, he's meant to be played with. Fortunately, 6.4 earthquake was the death of him. If that was the biggest thing that got damaged in our house, that we were lucky because we, we were in Norwalk. We were not that far from the epicenter. 
about 20 miles, and that house shook like, yeah, I can't even say. Uh, it was frightening. Were you out? Were you were out, were you out here for the Northridge quake? I know yes, I was. Were you? Were I you, was. Were you in? Were you in Alhambra, Pasadena, still, or were you somewhere else? Yeah, I was in the San Gabriel Valley. Ooh. Yep. Yep. It was. Uh, we really, definitely felt it. <sighs> yeah. Oof. Yeah, that was for those who'd never been through a nice big earthquake. Yeah, they're. <laughs> yeah, they're they're exciting. That's uh. <laughs> To say the least, that was um, I was on top of a bunk bed when that happened too. Oh God, did you fall off? Well, no, because well, thankfully no. I remember waking up. I remember going to bed and I woke up. I was see ninety four, so I was ten when it happened, and uh, my brother was on the bottom bunk, and I remember waking up and the whole house was just rattling. That's that's what would you say that the noise is what scares people more than the actual shaking? That's what seems to give people more. I think it's both. I think it's more of the shock. Yeah. To be honest, even never, if it's a small sway, you still completely freak out. Yeah, you never know when it. Because that's the thing. It's it's like someone's hiding in the bush, waiting to stab you. That's what an earthquake is like. Sometimes you get stabbed with a little pocket knife. Sometimes you get stabbed with a hunting knife. It depends on the size of the quake. Um, so when I I was asleep, it's like four thirty in the morning, dead silence. All of a sudden, the whole house just jolts one into another, and you. Earthquakes make a noise because it's just it's it's hard to explain, but there's a rumbling that goes with it, and add that to everything in the house moving. And this was, and I had lived through Northwood through um, Whittier uh, about six years prior, so that was still in my mind. So this thing rattling pretty good. We were on. I was on top of a. Um, I'm getting really off track here, but I'm gonna finish this. I was on top of a bunk bed that was a metal frame. And my dad, uh, my dad never quite tightened the guardrail on it, so it kind of moved a little bit. And every time it moved, it made a squeaking sound, like ee. So add the sound of our bed rocking back and forth, and that metal going, and my verticals in my room flopping up and down like waves in a pool. Stuff's falling off my shelves, and I'm ten. I start freaking. I'm like. What? Uh, what? Oh my God! I hear my brother freaking out. Then the next thing I know, because the bed is is moving pretty hard, and all this happens within the confines of ten seconds, feels like an eternity. I remember, I'm like, oh God, what if this bed falls over? Before I can figure that out, I f- my dad runs in, get, grabs me by the back of my pajamas, pulls me off, much like a lion grabbing her cub by the neck, grabs my brother underneath his other hand, and runs us to the hallway, which is under the door where they say get under the door frame it's the safest place I'm freaking out my brother's freaking out my dad's just like just hang on it'll be over soon and we're like where's our mom like where's mom at and he's like that's a good question so it starts slowing down it comes to an ease and it's you know we're, we're rolling my dad gets up he's like yeah everyone alright and I hear my mom and our dad going yeah so we walk in and two days prior no more than two days prior my mom had purchased a brand new china hutch. This was her dream to own this china hutch. And she had just put all the fine all her fine clickable china in there, all this nice stuff. It was lit up. She kept it on for a couple of days. And not being detrimental to my mother's parenting skills, but she knew my dad had us, so she went to go save the one thing that honestly could have killed her if it came toppling down on her. So we we go into the den and my mom has her arms around the top of the china hutch, holding it in place. Just she's like Nothing fell over, thank God. It's like, are you going to move away there? She's like, I'm going to wait for the aftershock. Once that's done, 
then I'll move away. Aftershock came, jolted for a minute. She's like, okay, it's safe. As my dad pointed out, it's like, you know, you ran for the China Hutch over our kids. She's like, I knew you had them. She's like, that China Hutch could have killed you. She's like, I, I was going to keep it up no matter what. If I went down with it, I went down with the ship. So I'll give my mom credit. She, uh, she, uh, you know, was it stood fast in what, you know, she made sure to, to protect. So I never held it against her because years later, I'm just like, I probably would have done the same thing had a bunch of collectibles because back to the story, my Godzilla perished in the earthquake. So I, I, as a collector, I understand wanting to keep some of your finer things, you know, surviving through a natural disaster. What I've actually learned to do is either double-sided tape Mm-hmm. Or like museum gummy to stick oh, things on. That's good stuff. <coughs> well, <coughs> it's like I have um I have two statues. I own two statues that are breakable. I own a um a He Man one by the Four Horsemen, and I own a King Kong one that I got when um King Kong came out. And I guess Tower Records bought a surplus of those Weta statues. And so, right at Christmas time, they put them on sale for a ridiculous price. Like, they were 75% off. And so, I went nuts, and I bought a bunch of them and flipped them on eBay. But I kept the Kong. There was a Kong bust that had the little Anne, which was the Naomi Watts one. I sold all those, made a nice penny. But the one that was super awesome was Kong fighting the T-Rex. And it is amazing, because it's Kong. He's got his fist up. He's got the T-Rex on his back. The T-Rex is flailing. It's sweet. I've had it for 10 years now. Thank God it's managed to survive two moves and the tail has not broken off. But, you know, after our last little shaker we had last year, I made sure to put it in a spot where it's like nothing's going to fall on this and it does it has enough room that if the place shakes, it will not wiggle off. So I keep those two kind of under something and far enough away from the edge that they won't fall over. That's because how paranoid I am. Everything else I have is malleable. Like, if my bandai's fall off, you could run a dump truck over them and they'll pop back. So I'm like, everything else is fine. This is why, as much as I loved, as much as I would love to go tornado chasing, I could never live in a tornado prone area because I can't. My ADD will not allow me to. I'm like, I can't figure out how to keep this stuff safe if a giant wind monster comes barreling through my neighborhood. Oh yeah, no, it's really hard with tornadoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, or floods. I could. Oh god, flood is the worst thing because it'd be like, okay, I keep, if I'm in a tornado, I keep everything in the basement. No, because it floods over here. I I don't know what to do. I I no. I'll I'll take the chance with the uh. I'll take the chance with the. Probably earth. would have to put everything in a safe. It's a, if it was a tornado or flood. Pretty right? much, I would have to. I would have to waterproof the hell out of everything and then put everything in like in an iron box that if it gets tossed around, it'll be fine. So, and then God. you'll just have to locate the safe after yeah. everything has well, ended. You, well, you stayed. You were in Ohio for a couple of years, weren't you? Yes, I was. So yes, in... I was. And so what had happened is flooding was the worst. I've learned to put my comics on the very, very top. Yes, and you were in the tornado-prone area too, weren't you? Yes, tornado. Actually, Ohio was known as like the armpit of the weather of mm. the United States <laughs> because of the way the landmass was, the position we had a lake, you know, north of us. So we had earthquakes, mm-hmm. flooding, tornadoes, mm-hmm. and like storms and hail. We had everything. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I, I I couldn't do that. I I could never do that. I love weather. I love extreme weather. I just I'm like I'll stick with the dry 
heat that California provides, and I'll stick with the chance of the earthquakes over all that. Like, I will go out and chase tornadoes one day, because that's my dream. My buddy says I'm a nut, but I t- keep telling him, I was like, you want to jump out of a plane one day? I think that's even stupider than me wanting to go chase a tornado. But, uh, but I digress. So Shogun Godzilla, Jessica. <clears throat> no, I'm really, really excited for that one. Yeah, I just know, I know Mark is super excited. I also know that they're charging $200 for this dang thing. Which is just like this is that's unbelievable, but for hardcore collectors, they they sculpted a new head for it too and gave it a new paint job, which it looks really cool. Uh, I saw the prototype at Comic Con, but now it's, it looks like it's ready to go out to market. It's a really nice thing for old school collectors. Yeah, it's really cool, but uh, yeah, it's a little out of my price range right now. And then finally, Toynami, who is putting out oh they also put out they're putting out the Shogun Godzilla. They got a statue, too, of um, the Heisei Godzilla. It looks like they're going to do a statue line as well. Uh, they got one coming out. It's Godzilla posing over an exploding volcano, looks, which looks really cool. So it doesn't have a price point on that yet, but knowing Toynami, it'll probably be about 100 bucks. Which uh, they put out some really, really quality stuff. They have an amazing, an amazing Voltron coming out that I can't believe that they're making. They... Yes, 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 yes. I'm so, so, so excited. So you saw, you that saw that one too, right? and the 30th anniversary one. That's like 200 something dollars yes. that I keep seeing through Entertainment Earth. Yeah, the big, the the big giant size one. Yeah. Yeah, the 18 incher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which actually turns into five lions too, which was which is cool. But this new one they got coming out, they they modernized it. I think that's the best way I could describe it. Um, where they took the the basic designs, they didn't go full Voltron Force, which I think went too far. You know, to the left, instead of kind of finding a balance between new and old, they pretty much just kind of sli- they streamlined it and gave it like a modern edge to all the lions. And all the lions are individual and they look uh, awesome. And then when Voltron is Voltron, he is super badass. I just like, oh, shut up and take my money on this one. So, yeah, the Voltron I hold very dear. And I got my one issue Toynami Voltron. That's the only thing I really own. Oh, I got the. When Mattel squandered the license on Voltron, I, they they had it and they squandered it. The one year they put out a Blazing Sword version for um, Comic Con. That was one of the few Comic Con exclusives I ever bought out of them. And then after that, never again. So, oh, I'm exhausted, Jessica. <laughs> no, it's no problem. We've got tons of news. Yeah, we got tons of news, and we're doing this late. And I've been ranting and raving. I feel I kind of I I feel like a jackass because just like. You've had three words in on this whole episode. No, it's okay. I was waiting for one of the, waiting for, a, when you said Toynami, my eyes lit up. Obviously, people can't see that because mm-hmm. they had a picture which did not load on the site that I was on. So I had to Google image it mm-hmm. for some reason. And it's a Toynami, Toynami Godzilla plush. <gasps> Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that either. Oh, Explain it, Jessica. Yes, and so it's just really cute. If it's correct, because on the site that mm-hmm. was sent to me, I had, because they said updated, mm-hmm. you know, and I saw it and it said Toynami Godzilla plush, but it was like an empty square with that little broken image of a, of a pic. Yeah. So I had a Google image it. I didn't see much. It's like a lot of old stuff. Mm-hmm. However, I did see one that seemed like a, like I clicked on it, and it linked me back to the same site that had the broken image. Okay. So I believe that it is the 2015 Toy Fair. But he's more kind of a chibi figured. Yes, I'm looking so, at it right now. I see what you're Are you looking talking. at it right now? Yeah, I'm looking you at it right it? now. Yes, I do. 
He's okay, for some reason, it doesn't load on, on my devices for yeah. whatever reason. So, but he is cute. Oh, yeah. He's the 89, so he's the Biolani Godzilla. And he's super fat, and he's super chibi. And he's got, like, the roaring mouth, the big hands, the big hands, big feet, you know, pot belly, big face, and spines. And, yeah, he looks exactly like, you know, crack for Jessica. Yes, and you know, fans out there, this is good for both your son and your daughter mm-hmm. if you want to suck them suck <laughs> them into the uh, kaiju world. Plushies go both ways. I had a fair amount of uh, stuffed toys as a child. I had my favorite stuffed triceratops, so plushies go either way. But yes, yes. it is the best yes. way to go. And I, there's, uh, What's the probability of Jessica picking this up? Really, really high, or at least I would find some way to swipe one later mm-hmm. if I don't have the funds at the moment. Yeah, but uh, there's no release date on them yet. But uh, I know that no, there isn't. There know, isn't. Well, I know yeah. Toynami's been doing the pl- they've been doing the Hello Kitty crossover stuff lately. Yes, they have with a Street Fighter. Yes, I actually got the Bats Maru Ryu figure from Comic Con like two years ago, which was really cool. <laughs> but I, I I actually had to sell them like not too long ago because I need I needed the cash, and people were like, "I'll give you ninety bucks for that." I'm like, "Sold." It was fifteen. So, but you know, he's Bats Maru. He's the uh, most awesome, pissed off penguin you'll ever meet. So, yes, yes. But uh, so plushy galore for Jessica. Uh, oh wow. Okay. So I think. I think that's about it for Toy Fair. There's a ton of other cool stuff. I'll put some show. I'll put some notes in the. Uh, t- bleh, I can't even talk right now. It's late. I'll put some show. I'll- Chris talking. Take two. All right. I will put some. <laughs> I'll put some links in the show notes of all the stuff we have talked about um, and much more. Um, so yeah. So you want to see what we're talking about? Go ahead there. I'll put that up. Uh, on a side note. Um, I want to say thank you to KaijuCast, who gave us a nice shout-out on their last episode. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Yes, so uh, thank you to Kyle over there. Uh, just, we appreciate all the love you sent us this way. I And, you know, he hit, he hit us up on a, on a Twitter, you know, right when the Delgado ones came out, and he was just like, oh, man, that was a score. I'm just, you know... I'm like, thank you, sir. Just, you know, it's... He was... If he didn't... If he said no... Never would have known, but uh, thankfully, Mr. Delgado said yes, and we got an amazing story out of it. Apparently, a lot of people really liked it. We got some really good feedback on that, so we're hoping to kind of expand more and get some more uh, more interviews lined up for you for you good folks to listen to us. Um, Right, that's what's coming in the near future. But for right now, you get our my sultry voice and Jessica's lovely siren song. Yeah, and I thought that was absolutely amazing for how they, you know, shot did a shout out because people always think you're at a you're in competition mm-hmm. with another podcast or another news site or another person, but yeah. really, there's actually more to be done if you guys all kind of helped each other out. Exactly, there's a camaraderie. Like, there's a camaraderie in the podcast world. There's no. Like, yes, there is. Like you know, hey, screw you. It's like no, nah, no, nah, man, come on, let's come on and talk. So. That's that's you know that's what I love that's why I love about podcasting it's just like it's all good it's like like a bunch of hippies got together and it's just it's free love baby it's all free love just you know pass it around that's all you have to do yep and if somebody loves one kaiju podcast they'll want more so mm-hmm. they'll listen to another one exactly so it's all kind of you know it's good to kind of all help each other out I met Chris at press mm-hmm. doing press work and we worked for two different sites so. 
and we got along great. We did. Jessica mentioned, she's like, hey, I like mixed martial arts. Really? Go on. And she's like, I like giant monsters. Really? Go on. I love monster trucks. Whoa. Stop. What? Yeah. She, you're hitting every point. I'm just like, oh, I like that too. I like that. Monster trucks. I'm the whitest person in the world. I am half white trash. I don't probably say that, but it's true. I'm half white trash, half upper middle class. And uh, monster trucks was the one thing because you were like, it was like the, it was like a Mario when you hit the turtle shell enough, you hear the the sound getting higher and higher. And you're gonna hit that one up. You know you're gonna get that one up. And when you hit monster trucks, it's just like it's like oh no, it's like wait the record scratched. And I'm just like, you don't like monster trucks? I'm like. It's the one portion of my white trashy culture I never got into. I don't not like them, but it's like I never got into Gravedigger. And it shocked the hell out of me. I'm looking at this like well-dressed, petite little Asian girl who's doing press lines. And she's like, I love Bigfoot. Like, she, like just a fire lit up in her eyes. Just like <laughs> destruction. The thing is, like, how can you not love monster trucks? It's basically Hulk smash <laughs> for vehicles. Which is what I when you were talking about, because you're calling... Are you going to the next Monster Jam that's coming out here? I'm going. I really, really want to. Mm -hmm. I remember a couple of years ago they did a whole. It was a tour of comic book related trucks. Yes, they were. I don't know if you remember too. that. Yes. And I was like, I remember sitting there. I was like, goodbye, mother. You will not see me for a little <laughs> bit. She's like, what's happening right now? And I was almost like out the door. And yes. then so she was like, I don't know how we raised her. And then I was like, I was like, mm, I will, I will stop these people online mm -hmm. and so it was amazing because you know they also took turns so you know the wolverine truck didn't always show up at all the cities you know and then some did and some did it and i was like oh if only i could fly out to see certain trucks <laughs> but yeah no i was very 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 excited which i've come to learn because when you brought this up a couple weeks ago i was just like you love the mo like you have you have your standard uh small asian girl you know, stereotypes. <laughs> you love everything cute and fluffy. You love plushies. Uh, you got all that down. But on the other end, you like all this other stuff. And I'm starting, I'm like, what is the common thread? Oh, Jessica loves destruction. She loves to, she's a destruction junkie. This is why she loves these things. Because she loves watching violence. That's what she loves. I like watching it. I don't like advocating it. No, I think the difference <laughs> is the fact that it speaks. I mean, mm -hmm. we need to have peace and love in this world. That's just what it is. I know that does more good. Mm -hmm. However, it's just the every Hulk and Abomination mm -hmm. fighting it out, Superman and Darkseid. I like large creature characters just kind of duking it out. You, you love like, you know, monster truck rallies. It's because yeah. it speaks to the part of the human soul and brain and spirit that just every once in a while when you're really angry and you want to punch out your coworker mm -hmm. for saying something stupid, but you don't actually want to do it. That's not no. humane and that's not civilized. Exactly. But you get to see it mm -hmm. live out through vehicles or through fictional <laughs> characters or shows. You know what I mean? So it's a part of you that's like, yes, that's why I feel for Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde mm -hmm. or the Hulk. Sometimes you just you want to beat someone, but please don't actually do that. You want to smash, which I'm shocked you never took up a martial art. Not saying that I did. I just... did when I was a little girl, and I did it for several years, but I had to stop because I had to choose between that and violin because mm. I was doing things concurrently, and my mother was like, no, we put a lot <laughs> of money and hopes into violin to, you know, perfect it, 
you didn't want to break my little delicate fingers because then I can't play violin. So sadly, I had to give one up. And so I still love it. I still play violin. I still keep up with it. But a part of me was just kind of like, I wish it was, you know, I should have continued, continued with martial arts. But, you know, I I can see from a parent, a concerned parent's point of view, Uh you know, like how those two, you know, hobbies can not cross over well. Well, I mean, had your mother had the foresight of where martial arts, at least competitive martial arts would have gone, she might have kept you in there. Yes, yes, she might. But she also, like, martial arts, she didn't know until years later, is supposed to teach you discipline. Yes. And how to calm your temperament. It is a, you know, you don't, you use it to defend yourself. You don't use it to go out and start punching people on the street. Yeah. But I was also that, like, one little girl that you had to, like, lift up by her hoodie because mm-hmm. I'm kicking and punching the air. <laughs> and so my mom is like, this sensei cannot bring discipline into you, <laughs> even if they had to. So I'm going to pull you out because I'm afraid you might hurt someone at school. But I wasn't. It's just like my time to release. Like mm-hmm. for those who know, don't know what a metronome is, mm-hmm. you know, it ticks yeah. back and forth and like a hypnotizing thing. Yeah. But you're supposed to keep beat to it, yeah. you know, with musical instruments. When I am just a little bit off, the mm-hmm. teacher will be like, you are off the metronome. And I'll be like, no, the metronome is off. <laughs> I'm the one that's on beat. And then so there was no, I mean, it took years for me to like hone that skill. So my mother knew with my, uh, like, sir, I'm going to have discipline now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're a little kid, my mom is like, mm, no, no, my little one cannot go through this. Not only will she break a finger, and if she doesn't, she will break someone else's fingers. So let's not let's not deal with this. Um, so yep, yep. My mom was like, mm, "We gotta we gotta pull this little one out." But then again, you could have been the Asian Ronda Rousey though, and just that is you know, true. Just snapping arms left and right. Yeah, Generally, yeah. I wanted to be Snake Eyes of the group. Yeah, which, but which, yeah, it did not did not work out. I was not Snake Eyes of the group. Oh. By the way, I love me with some Ronda Rousey. Oh, such such brutality within that woman. But such beauty, <laughs> such grace. Yes. Oh, 14 seconds, Jessica. She ended this. Yep, she, I watched it multiple times. Katsugano, 14 seconds. Everyone built her up so it's like she is going to own Ronda. It's going to be a fight. 14 seconds. I stood there and I just smiled. I'm just like, you all, you fools! How dare you bet against her? It's like this was, ne- she was never stood a chance. So as I proclaimed, Ronda Rousey to me is the only legitimate champion in UFC right now. Nobody else has done what she does, and not only that, but she ends fights. She doesn't go out there and dance. She breaks necks. That's what she does. That's why I love her. Uh, yes, she. Yep, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of the reason. I mean. I liked The Expendables for what it was, people. Mm-hmm. I know it's not an Oscar award-winning film. Of course. But I liked it for the action, mm-hmm. obviously, and the nostalgia of the old, you know, 90s action stars, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I was really excited when she joined the cast, and I'm hoping that maybe she will join the females, quote, females version of The Expendables. Um, and so I, you know, I liked it. I really liked her. When I watched those 14 seconds, I was like, everyone was like, holy cow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Yep, that happened. Also, she has an amazing stomach. How do I get the same thing? It's all car. It's so, all. It's all oh, weight yeah, exercises. Yeah, she doesn't lift. Exercise. She doesn't lift weights, Jessica. You can do it. She just does body squats. You can do that yourself. She never. She doesn't lift a single weight. All she does is judo and snap 
necks and arms left and right. So you can do that. Anybody can get to where her condition, except she had a crazy mom that would pull like weird survivalist stuff on her and then sneak up on her and judo like judo throw her and snap her in arm bars her whole life. So when you, it's like it's like I'm, it's like as uh, Unleash said, you get them young and the possibilities are endless. But you can do what she does because she doesn't lift weights. She just works out, you know, with body weights and that's all she does and throw people around. So. Yes. So, uh, in the the moral of the story is, I love Ronda Rousey, and uh, you should love her too. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Jessica, I think that's enough ranting and raving for one episode. Um, <laughs> go ahead and tell the good people where they can find more of our work. Yes, you can actually find us at, especially on Facebook, where Chris. I was going to say we, but no, Chris is very active on. It is the Kaiju Kingdom podcast at, you know, after Facebook.com. You just search for us. We are there. Please like us. Be our friend. Comment. We love you. We love it for it. And we will obviously comment back. And we are also on Twitter as the Kaiju Kingdom. No podcast due to the character limit. Mm-hmm. And also we are on Tumblr, the Kaiju Kingdom podcast.tumblr.com. It is also the same words for our Gmail. If you want to send us love, hate, disagreement, uh, feel free. Chris and I will read it, and we will respond. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that is th- those are all virtually where you could find us. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I want to announce I've started a YouTube page for our site. Mm-hmm. You can find us. It's the Kaiju Kingdom podcast on YouTube. Uh, I have a few yeah. things in there. I've been mostly throwing up – excuse me. I've been throwing up uh, previous podcasts up there, so usually – now, anything that comes out about a week later, I'll throw it up on YouTube in case, you know, you're, you're somewhere where you can't really download it. At least if there's some option for you to stream it. And then uh, I'm actually working on some video stuff. So stay tuned in the next couple of months. You'll actually start seeing a lot more original content that it's more of a visual theater that you can't really tell. You couldn't really see or do on, in the po- podcast format. So that'll be coming soon, too. Uh, when, um, when I get it all together, I'll make an announcement here and. I'll tell you when you can start looking out for it, but uh, you know, that that'll be probably be about you know maybe June or so. And Jessica, where can good people find more of your work? Um, actually, we are also on iTunes. Oh, that's right. I <laughs> almost forgot that one. And uh, yeah, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, did you mention Stitcher? Yes. Okay, so Stitcher too. Uh, we would we would love some feedback there as well. If you guys could uh, find it in your hearts to give us a little you know a little love there. Little love or a little hate, either one, we'll take it. You know, uh, we have one review which we're very grateful for. Can we make it two? Hopefully. Yes, we can make it two. Mm-hmm. Two to twenty. Yes. So you can find us there. Just look up the Kaiju Kingdom podcast as well. And then Jessica, where can they find more of your work? Yes, we um actually you can find me. You can Facebook friend me. Please mm-hmm. inbox me and said that you heard me here. Mm-hmm. Um. Therefore, I know that we are going to be future good buddies and not a rando that found me somehow. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's under Jessica Sang, T-S-E-A-N-G. And so feel free to Facebook friend me there. And the the sites are actually going under a construction, so I'm very, very excited. But it's Girl on Geek and the comicbookgirl.com, excuse me. And then from there, you will find all of the social media sites where I'm at. Awesome. And then you can find more of my work over at the aforementioned I host a couple other podcasts over there. I host the Take Two podcast, hosted uh, with uh, my good buddy George Cordero. That's a uh, kind of a news in the week thing. I also run the Flash 
rundown show, which where we recap weekly episodes of The Flash. So if you love The Flash, go check us out there. You can also check out other rundown shows for Arrow, The Walking Dead. I got some archive for... Uh, we I did a Legend of Korra show, speaking of uh, you know Avatar, there too. And then you can check out our Comics Unchained podcast, hosted by, by my buddy Sergio Sanchez, if you like comic books. And yes, that will do it for us for this week. So for myself... And Jessica. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.